0: It is my honor and pleasure to welcome Muruti Roger. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you. Good morning, Church. So I couldn't help laughing. I saw two cartoons that I really enjoyed, and I thought I'm going to show them to you as soon as they come up. So it's the people going through the red sea. I don't know if you can see it from there. And as the red sea, about it, you know, they got their little selfies and they're taking selfies of themselves. <laughs> and it just made me think. How often, instead of worshiping God, do we take selfies of moments? How often do we just, you know, we post things instead of thanking God for what he's done? So That was the first thing that spoke to me. The second one, it's called King Solomon passes his first test of wisdom. And the hot girl walks past and he says, what girl? <laughs> now we're not advocating lying, all right? <laughs> But what we are advocating is that as men, we know how to bounce our eyes. Amen? Amen. You know, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can sure stop it from nesting in it. So, friends, we are beginning a new sermon series for three weeks. It's straight out of the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. And there's this principle in Scripture called the law of first mention. When something is first mentioned, that becomes a foundation for everything else we learn about it. And we're going to look at, at these first three chapters which really reveal God to us. If you're interested in short earth, long earth, you know, is the earth 6,700 years old or X number of billion, that's cool. But we're not doing this today. What we're looking at is the revelation of God to us. Yeah. A relational, powerful, amazing God. And who we are in turn. So if you've got your Bibles... Um, Open up with me to Genesis 1:26-27. I'll read it, and um, won't you stand with me? We're making you stand, lots good for your body, anyway. Just follow with me, but don't read aloud. Then God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth." and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you. If you went to a pond and you looked at yourself in a pond, you'd be able to see an image of yourself. You'd be able to see a reflection of yourself. But if you were to go to a mirror, you'd be able to see yourself almost perfectly. Now, all of creation reflects His glory. All of creation, from the stars to the animals to the subatomic, everything reveals His glory. But you and I are not like ponds where it's a little bit indistinct. You and I are called to be like mirrors. We are the crown of creation. We are the only creature in heaven and earth that is made in the image of God. And we reflect, we shine, we resemble God unlike any other created creature. And if you think about the angels and the archangels and the cherubim and the seraphim and what are called the watchers, these Incredible creatures that we read about in scripture where when men saw them, they fell on their face as dead. Even they have not been made in the image of God. So we, we sit in a unique place that you and I have been made with the image of God in us. And God wants you to carry that in your heart. And he wants you to carry it in more than your heart, that you have been made in the image of God. We're going to look at what this means. It means that we are lifted up. It means we are called to community. It means we are called higher. And it means we are actively called to bear His image. Now, in the ancient Near East, which is Egypt, where Israel is today, moving across to Iraq, Mesopotamia, they had this view of divine images. And this this was the view, that divine images were commonly believed to be the manifestation of the divine presence and of glory. That divine images were capable of knowing the divine mind and will. We're talking about idols here. We're talking about Pharaoh who was also seen to be divine. That they were the physical representation and embodiment of divine life. That they were animated or made alive by the divine breath or spirit. But they were not the deity itself. Now let me ask you a question. You and I, as men and women, made in the image of God, does that apply to us? Who says says a yes, who says a no? Yes. Yes. Yes, you're right, Nina. This is a biblical view. Romans 8 verse 19 talks about all of creation waiting in eager anticipation for the sons of God to be revealed. We are called to manifest His glory and His presence. There should be something about us that people see us and they see God. Through the Holy Spirit, point two, we are called and we are able to hear the voice of God through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and through dreams and through just spending time with Him. We can know the mind of God. We can know the will of God. And three, we are called to be His physical representations. We are called Christians. That literally means Christ-like. We are called to be the physical representation of Christ. Fourthly, we are called to embody divine life and have God's life flow through us as we lay hands on people and as we minister to people. But yes, we are not God. Now, three things that strike me when I read this, and I'm going to break down what it means to be in the image of God in the next slide. But these were my first three impressions, the first three things that impacts, that impacted me. Firstly, the fact that we are made in the image of God, it radically impacts our self-image. Now, what, what speaks to you a sense of identity? What makes you feel okay about yourself? Is it because you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm great, I know I'm great, I'm great? This is what the Bible says. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how many times you've sinned, doesn't matter how far you've turned away from God, every human being is made in the image of God. And this is rock solid, it's objective, irreducible. And the value and worth of every single human being is that they have been made in the image of God. Now, years ago, there was a movie, and I watched it. I can't remember if it was, if it was dodgy. You know, sometimes you watch something. So I'm not recommending you, re- you watch the movie, right? But there was a movie called Bridget Jones's Diary. And um, it's good to have diaries. You know, she writes a diary, thinks about life. And she's trying to determine who she is. And she says, I want to be an assured, receptive, responsive woman of substance. And that's great. And then she says, my sense of self comes not from other people, but uh, from myself. That can't be right. And she's facing what every one of us face outside of God. There is no true meaning and identity in ourselves unless we're trying to pull ourselves up by our own own bootstraps. But the fact that we have been made in the image of God gives intrinsic value to you and should speak to the deepest part of your soul, that you have been made in the image of God. You know what happens because of that? God thinks you're awesome and he loves you and he sees you for who you really are and who, who you really meant to be despite where you, are, where you might be right now. The second, the second thing that strikes me that it changes the way we see God because we start to see him as a father because we've been made in his image and he knows us and he loves us And He's for us. And even His commands that He gives us are to protect us and to provide for us. They're not to take away our fun. And His ways are best. And thirdly, it transforms the way we see the man on the street. If every human being is made in the image of God, it completely changes the way we see people. And let me break that down a little bit. Every person who comes across our path We should treat with sacredness, with reverence, with respect, whether they're wealthy or poor, unemployed or not. There should be a concern for their individuality. There should be a kindness. We should never write people off. There should never be like a get-lost attitude in us towards other people. C.S. Lewis writes, There are no ordinary people. You have never spoken to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, civilizations, these are mortal. In other words, one day South Africa won't be here. One day America will be gone. And their life compared to ours is like the life of a gnat or a flea. But it is the immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit who either become immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Where does the idea of human rights come from, intrinsic human rights? Some people say it comes from Western philosophy. Well, I don't think so. Some say Western philosophy. Well, they don't just say, they prove it. Western philosophy comes from the Greeks. Do you know this about Aristotle? Aristotle said certain races are born to be slaves. So, I don't think this intrinsic value of humanity comes from Western philosophy. I think Ubuntu is much closer to, 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 the, to the truth of it. But way before Ubuntu was expressed, in Genesis 9, verse 5 to 6, God says, From each man I will demand an accounting for the life of his fellow man. For in the image of God, God has made man. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Way before the philosophers determined, God is saying, We need to see every person around us as made in the image of God and then treat them differently. There's a huge problem in philosophy today, Western philosophy, I should rather say, because when you exclude the fact that man is made in the image of God, then you've got no base to determine how to treat man and what man should be. I want to break down what it means to be made in the image of God. Firstly, we understand that we... We live in a body, we have a soul, but we are spirit. We are spiritual beings, and that means we are made for a relationship with God, that we have eternity in our hearts, and without God filling that void in our souls, in our spirit man, we are empty. Secondly, we're volitional, fancy word, I can barely pronounce it, <laughs> which literally means that God has given us Freedom of choice. You can choose. Just as God has choice, you have choice. Now, God does not give us freedom of consequence. (laughs) He gives you freedom of choice. But you can't choose the outcome. There's certain consequences. You might say, I don't want that consequence. He gives you freedom of choice. But not freedom of consequence. But He's given us freedom of choice. To choose whether we will follow Him or not whether we will stay certain parts of our life in darkness, or whether we will bring our whole soul before him. Thirdly, God has made us rational. Sometimes we wonder about that. (laughs) But he has given us the ability to reason. He's given us the ability to process. He's given us the ability to think ahead. God gives us our lives. He gives us freedom of choice, and he entrusts to us this ability to think and to think ahead. God has made us emotional. Read about the emotions of God. We're made in His image. God is angry. God is jealous. God is full of love. God is full of compassion and kindness. And I pray you live with the full range of these emotions that God has. The only emotion that God doesn't have is fear. I think of all the emotions that we have. Maybe we can think of another negative one. Fifthly, we are made in the image of God in the sense of that we know right from wrong and we have to work hard on getting rid of our conscience to no longer know what is right from wrong even little children know right from wrong, we've been made in the image of God and intrinsically inherently, we know what is right before God six, now I know some of you believe that your animals talk to you (laughs) and maybe they do a little bit (laughs) to you and our language has been given, that we can speak life over people, that we can speak words of affirmation, that we can sing our praises to God, and that we can pray and we can build up one another. God has given us great gift in language, and we do well to consider how we use it. And God has given us creativity. In this sense, we have been made in the image of God, and whether it's poetry or, or music or art or coming up with a new business idea or a new product, God has made us in His image in that we are creative. And God has given government to us. God has entrusted this earth to us, and He's made us to rule as stewards, to care for it well, not rule over it in a way that we don't care about others or we don't care about about nature. But God has called us to rule and to lead. We are also procreative procreative, in the sense of that we can produce in our own image. And sometimes I've apologized to my sons for the things I've given them. (laughs) But just as God created in His image, we create children in our own image. And then lastly, God has made us to be relational. And I'm going to break this down in a little bit more detail. In terms of being relational. Why do we need relationships? Simply put, because we have been made in the image of God. God is plural and God is relational. Remember what God said? Let us make man in, in our image. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You need relationships because you've been been made in the image of an us, an usness God, a Trinitarian God a God who for eternity has lived in community between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, every time someone gets married, every time we reach out and we make a new friend, every time we go to church and connect and spend time with people, every time you go to your small group, your connect group, and and truly give of yourself, we demonstrate in that way that we are made like God and we are in His likeness. God created us to a fellowship with Him, to be in relationship with Him. But He also created Adam and Eve, and that they would have children, that they would live in community together. Now, what is required of us to truly be in community? Now, I'm so glad that you showed up. Well done. You're here at church. Awesome. But to truly be in community, you have to be willing to be naked and Unashamed. Now, single people, I'm talking about in your soul. (laughs) Not in your bodies. Okay. Can I get an amen? Stay stay clothed until you get married. It's the best. If you don't want to listen to anything, just remember that. But to truly build relationally, to truly build relationally, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your connect group, whether it's with your friendships, you have to be willing to reveal yourself. You have to be willing to share of that which you are struggling with and bring it into the light. The Bible talks about confessing our sins one to another that we might be healed. And the way to build deeply with one another is to bring yourself to the table and to be willing to come into the light to be willing to be soul naked, as it were. And if you're not willing to do that, you won't build relationship. You won't build your marriage. You won't build in in community. Genesis 3 verse 8, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord, hid from the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. We need to recognize every one of us. That that's what our forefather and and mother did. They hid from God. They hid themselves. I wonder what it would have been like if instead of hiding from God, if they'd run to God and fell on their knees and said, Lord, forgive us. (laughs) Lord, forgive us. I wonder if things would have been completely different and we wouldn't have inherited what we inherited from our forefathers. Thirdly, we are called higher Having been made in the image of God, we are called higher. Jesus Christ came, stripped himself of all of his God God powers, and yet reflected what man is meant to be. Fully human, yet reflecting the undistorted image of God. Colossians 1 verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. So as we consider Jesus, we are meant to say, Jesus like that. This is where I am. I want to grow. I'm called to grow. I can grow. I am meant to be more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3 says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. There that word is again. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As we persist, as you persist, I hope you see that you're becoming more like Jesus. Even if it's a little bit of an up and down, I hope the trend line of your life is ever upwards, that you are being transformed into the image of God. Alistair McGrath says the following, within each of us exists the image of God, however disfigured and corrupted by sin it may presently be. God is able to recover this image through grace as we are conformed to Christ. Just as the figure of David, Michelangelo's David on the right, lay hidden within the marble, discernible only to the eyes of its creator, so the image of God, however tarnished by sin, lies within us, seen and known by God himself. Yet God loves us while we are still sinners. Then he goes on to say, acceptance, receiving of his love is a major step along the road that leads to our liberation from the tyranny of sin. Michelangelo looked at this massive piece of marble and he saw within it David and he chiseled it out till it came forth in its glory. God sees you for who you really are. He sees beyond your sin your failings, beyond my sin and my failings, and he sees what is beautiful and what is meant to be. And as we yield to him, as we submit to him, as we allow his love to come into our hearts, as we allow his word to come into our hearts, we are transformed and we come to look like God. This is the purpose of us being made in the image of God It's not just that it's a it's just a little light, but that we begin to shine brightly. We we begin to be these, these mirrors that fully reflect God. You know, we're not light bulbs that the power is in ourselves, but we are mirrors. And as we allow God to clean us up, we start to just show forth God in beautiful, powerful ways. Romans 8 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. This is the will of God that we become like Jesus, that we get, become conformed to the image of his son in order that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn amongst many brothers. What does this mean? We can't just say, well, I'm just a human, I'm just a man, I'm just a whatever. No, we are called to be conformed to the image of God. Amen. We can't constantly be making excuses We have to start to say, Lord, your standard is that. I'm here. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And not just accept the status quo of where you are caught in bondage and where you are caught in sin, where you are living a second, third, or fourth-rate life. Ephesians 4 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, created off the likeness of God in true righteousness. And holiness. This is what God has for us. This is the purpose and plan for our lives. Lastly, the four things that we are meant to do. Lastly, we are called to actively bear His image. So it sounds so obvious. We are His image bearers, and therefore we are called to bear His image. We are called to carry and bring His image and bear it to the world before us. So there's Nelson Mandela Square. There's that famous statue that we all know. That statue, that image, is simply there to bear the image of Nelson Mandela. To show us what Nelson Mandela looks like. looked like. So too, we are called to bear the image of God. That people can look at us and behold whom Jesus is. The revelation of being made in God's image calls us to actively bear his image wherever we go. To show forth his glory in every sphere. In other words, business, family, life, arts, wherever. And to look for it in others. To to see people that are trapped in the marble and need to come out. And to do what we can to help them acknowledge it as well. To help them to see Jesus and to see God and to see themselves as who they really are. We carry to others the answer to their inmost longing, which is a yearning for a relationship with God. This is what we are called to be. We are called to be image bearers. We've been made in the image of God. Therefore, this is what we're meant to be. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors and God is making his appeal through us. God has chosen plan A and there's no plan B. Not the angels, but you and I, to be the image bearers, to be the ambassadors. We're not immigrants that we come into a culture and we get absorbed by the culture. And we're not tourists that we flit around and we just cherry pick and we leave as quickly as possible. But we are ambassadors that we come into a culture. We learn to speak its language and we understand it. But we always know where our home is we always know who our king is and we always know that we are here to represent him or represent him represent represent that's the essence of the word we are called to bear the image of god we are called to represent him friends as we as we wrap up they came to jesus and they were trying to catch him out in terms of paying taxes and they said should we pay taxes and if he said the one thing, then they'd say, ah, you with the Romans. And if he said the other thing, they would say, you know, this man is inciting sedition. So he asked for a coin, and they used Roman coin in those days. And he said, show me a denarius, which is a Roman coin. And whose likeness and inscription does it have? And you look upon the coin, and it's Caesar. And they said, Caesar's. And he said to them, then render to Caesar." the things that are Caesar's and to God, the things that are God's. We have been made in the image of God. God's inscription is upon us. God's image is upon us. And the consequence, we are lifted up. We come into a place of, of identity, comfort in terms of identity because of Jesus. How we treat people and how we see God is different. Our perspective on community changes. It's no longer just on our terms, but we recognize we are meant to be in deep, meaningful relationships. And we bring ourselves, and we're willing to be soul naked and vulnerable. And we are called higher, that we've been made in the image of God, calls us up, calls us up to be like Jesus. And it calls us to go out and to bear his image. I want us to take a moment, maybe a minute or two, would you bring your soul before the Lord and just allow Him to speak to you? Will you just think about where you are in terms of this? In terms of community? In terms of being more like Jesus? In terms of living a life that, that represents Him to the world? Just bow your heads and let's just, let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. Ask God to show you. As He shows you, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge His voice. And then ask Him for His grace. In whatever way you've fallen short of the glory of God, ask Him for His grace. Lord, we stand humbled that we've been made in your image. And you love us and you want the best for us. Lord, in whatever way we are not reflecting you, Lord, we pray your grace, pray your strength. And we pray revelation to come. Revelation of who we are. Who we've been made to be. What can be in you. Father, I pray that there'd be no condemnation in this word. But I pray there'd be a rising up. We know all of creation yearns for the sons of God to be revealed. And may we as... Men and women, become that, Lord God. True reflectors of your image, of your glory. Just while every head is bowed, I want to give an opportunity. If if you're here and you just know that you need to commit yourself to God. Maybe it's for the first time. Or maybe you've fallen away and you want to come home. If that's you, I want to pray for you ask that you be decisive and say that's me by lifting up your hand is anybody here you say I want to come home thank you Father that your word never returns void thank you that we've been made in your image Lord may we come into the fullness of this we pray this in Jesus name and all God's people said amen and amen